a very spooky edition of the Tony G Show. I'm Tony G, your host, Will McCormick, co-host in studio today. Hi, Will. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? All right. You just blew the whole rap <laughs> on the spooky thing. I mean, what was that? <laughs> uh, that was my uh, my normal podcast voice, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Is this a normal podcast episode? No, it is not, Tony It G. is not. It is the spooky edition. Golly, it was the spooky edition until you ruined it. Well, I think everyone was pretty scared right off the start. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Will and I did contemplate starting the show with screaming. Or just like some really loud noise just to really just to scare you guys. Tony but... G Nation. Like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Here? We want to keep you around, though. We don't want to scare you away. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the audience is uh, worldwide. Now, why would I want to reduce that? This is Season 7, Episode 15. Halloween 3. This is the third time third. that we've had a Halloween show. Mm-hmm. This time with show. a little bit of a better intro, I think. But I would agree. Yeah. Troy Frisk has a little bit of an edge to today's. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Me too. So I, I'm excited to get to the intro. Let's get to it now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do have to set up the show uh, before we do that. This is our Halloween episode again. Our third Halloween episode that we've ever done on the Tony G Show. So Halloween 3, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, no show on Tuesday. That is why this is... A scary episode, because we won't be back till next Thursday. Mm-hmm. What? I don't Tony know. Tony G Nation, how will they survive? Uh, I hope they can make it. I also hope they can make it. I think they will, though. They're pretty strong. Yeah, I know. Everyone just keeps up to every episode, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, speaking of every episode, uh, Liz Mostrick's interview dropped yesterday. Yeah. Great. She liked it. Head mm-hmm. coach BJ Bryant liked it. They listened to it on the bus heading to play Alverino? Alverno? The whole team College? did? Yep. Oh. Yep. To the speakers on the bus. So I thank BJ for that, and he said we did a great job. And then we talked about Liz doing a great job as well. She was natural. She was great. And then they went and beat Alverno College uh, three sets to none, so now they're going to have a home so, game. So Don't mean to claim that victory is on the part of the Tony G show, but that's us. we You're at welcome. least played 90%. Correct. The other is, 10% was like the playing the game, yeah, yeah, coaching. Do we get like an award? Like Should we get a ceremony at the next? Probably. At the home game? I think they get so. A, they get a playoff game. Yeah. At home here. They'll probably reach out to next us Next Tuesday that we won't have a show. So we should get like a ceremony mm-hmm. or something. Maybe an award or something. Just <clears throat> food for thought. Also, uh, this show today, <laughs> Halloween 3. Here's what we're talking about. All football. We, we've been going baseball a lot. Mm-hmm. And much to the pleasure of everybody because that's especially me, the best sport in the world. Uh, especially Will McCormick thinks yeah. that. Today we're going all football. We'll start talking Packers. We're a Wisconsin Market Podcast. We will talk Packers today as the trade deadline inches up in the NFL. We'll talk about moves that the Packers should make, and I make the case for one player in particular as to why the Packers should go get this guy. Also after that, we're going to talk Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass, the football. Uh, A fan caught it and then gave it back, but then he got a, a haul in exchange. But I question him giving it back in the first place. We'll talk about that in the second segment. And then the third segment, Tony G's Spooky Picks of Week 8. This isn't just Tony G's Picks of Week 8. All right, well, this is Tony G's Spooky Picks of Week 8. So be scared. For making some bad choices then with the, with the picks? <laughs> is that? It was, in all seriousness, this was one of the harder picks of the week that I've ever had to pick. Just a tough schedule was, or? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just picked, because you know, I always try to make it difficult on myself. Mm-hmm. And there's just a couple games here that I was like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Whatever, though. We'll get there. We'll get there. All three segments today. There you have it. Packers, Tom Brady, Picks of the Week. How about a very spooky intro to the Tony G Show? What do you say, Will? Let's get into it. 
listening to The Tony G Show, now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G Ordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Very spooky edition of the Tony G Show. Troy first did a great job with the intro. I hope you like that. Mm-hmm. A little spooky feel. It's also scary for another reason, Will. Just spent about $100 at the grocery store. Yeah. Got to do it. Got to eat. You know, and I'm going to go to eat lunch tomorrow and be like, I need to go to the store. Yep. It you'll, just never ends yeah. with the grocery thing. You'll, you'll realize you forgot something and you're like, Ugh. Yes. Yep. And then you wait about two weeks to get it because you just don't want to go back to the store <laughs> for that one thing. Yep. No, no, I get it. But here's the thing, though. I go get all my groceries in one sitting. I do, like, too. Like, for the month. I, like, never, I don't. Do, I don't go, like, once a week no. and do all this stuff. No. I go all out when I go to the grocery store and don't go there until I absolutely need to. Yep. Mostly because I just really don't like the grocery store. Well, at the same rate, it's like, money-wise. No, yeah. I, I can't be... I've got a college... Can't be trusted. People. I can't just be... <laughs> <laughs> I can't be going... And, yeah. Groceries are scary, but okay. Let's get into the Halloween show. We'll start with trade deadline moves that the Green Bay Packers should make. The Tony G Show. I'm Tony G. That's Will McCormick. We're based out of a Wisconsin market, so we will talk about the Packers mm-hmm. and deadline moves that they could or should make. Trade deadline is sneaking up on us. It's coming up next week, and the Green Bay Packers are 6-1. and one. They're at the top of the NFC North. Is it important for them to make a move? Let's start with that. Do, you, do we think they really need to make a move? It's, like not a, that it's, com- good, it's not that competitive of a division. You right. know, it's not like the AFC North where everyone is going to be over 500. Right. But I don't. I would argue not really competing to win the division this year. I mean, how many years have done that in the last five? More than more than not. Well, so do they really need to make them? I mean, they haven't made moves right. in the past. They are making more than years past, I would say. Yes. Yes, I would and agree. And I think you're going to get into that. that point. But I also make that point uh, because... Since this whole off-season dilemma with Aaron Rodgers, start of the season hits, uh, or just before it, Randall Cobb gets traded for out of Houston, comes here. Jalen Smith gets cut from uh, Dallas, comes mm-hmm. here, signs here. Whitney Merciless, another Texan, mm-hmm. on the free agent market, Green Bay Packers pick him up. So they are definitely trying to make moves yeah. and show Aaron that they are invested towards uh, making something out of this season, trying to spend money, trying to get big names that have been either big in the past or are big right now or can help the team in any certain way. I mean, they even mm-hmm. tried Quentin Dunbar, the former Seahawk, the defensive back since he was released. Uh, he has also since been released again yep. uh, this time from the Green Bay Packers. He didn't last very long. I mean, it was only like a couple days he was here. I did like that move when they made it, though, because their secondary is beat up. Yeah. And I'll also talk about that in a second. got to try. I mean, you're not going to find diamonds yeah. in the rough without giving it a shot. Exactly. And with the Green Bay Packers, we've seen that trend over the last couple of years that they have this history of not making moves at the mm-hmm. deadline or, or making moves at all. They don't like to make splashes. They don't like to make the, the sexy move, the one right. that gets the, a, lot of, uh, a lot of media attention. They just like to fly under the radar, pick mm-hmm. up pieces that they need, and make it work from there. And it, it's worked. Right. I mean, they've been competitive every year, so you can't argue against that. But Aaron wants another Super Bowl. You can tell oh, yeah. Who he's doesn't? been hurting for another ring for – I think since the 2014 loss mm-hmm. in Seattle, and I mean, all of Green Bay has been hurting for another ring since then, too. Packers were destined for that Super Bowl. I, You know, it, it is what it is. It's over. But point here being, Aaron wants another ring, and he's going to do whatever he has to to get it. I mean, he, he is going to – he made a whole offseason 
mix up with uh, with the media and Green Bay Packers if he's staying, if he's coming back, if he's retiring, and you can just tell that he wants things to change. Yeah, he, he wants some say, and even though he's not going to be like a general manager and quarterback. He wants to have say, and I want this guy, I want this piece, I, I think the defense should have this piece, and now the Packers are actually starting to comply with it a little more. And we're starting to see a happier Aaron Rodgers and the mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers. Six-game six win streak heading into today's Thursday Night Football game. Whether or not you enjoyed the offseason because of how messy it was, you cannot argue with the fact that now they're finally at least taking something serious with the offseason in this oh, trade yeah. deadline. They're actually making moves. So whether or not you like Aaron Rodgers, he's your quarterback right now, and they're trying. And so you can't argue that there was some result of what he did, what, what Aaron did. I want to build off what you just said, Will, because I think it's a great point. Let's look at it. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't get into this whole fiasco in the offseason, do the Packers go trade for Randall Cobb? No. No. God, that, no not that, even, not even a chance. He, and he vocalizes that he wanted uh, Jordy Nelson to stick around. Mm-hmm. He wanted Randall Cobb to stick around. They didn't do that. There's a whole slew of other names that Aaron Rodgers wanted in Green Bay, mm-hmm. and the Packers didn't make a move for it, or at least lowballed. I know they lowballed Jordy Nelson yeah. at a rate that he wasn't willing to play for, and he just wanted to retire if he wasn't going to get paid a, a certain amount of money. And the Packers didn't do it, and so this has been this is why this has been building. But if Aaron doesn't do this, and he voices that he wants a player, Packers don't get him. If he doesn't do what he did in the off season and kind of, I, I really kind don't of go, think he ghosted everybody. Yeah. I don't think they pick up uh, Merciless. I don't see Jalen Smith coming. I, I really just... Yeah, yep. Because how many times in the past, let's just go recently, last five years, has a player been released from a certain team because that team is not competing this year because mm-hmm. the the, scal- the salary excuse me is too much, so they don't have the cap space, and they have to release a player. And the Packers, there's all this speculation, yep. Packers Twitter or, or media Twitter. It's purely, it's purely just fans saying that they should pick him up too in terms of speculation. There's never been like... Legitimate, sure. like, yeah, you, yep. are, hardly ever are the Packers actually like pursuing somebody, actually in talks with somebody. Yeah, it's always Packers should go get this guy because, and more, more than not, very valuable and logical reasons. And then the Packers don't do it, this player goes somewhere else, right? It's different this year. So, with all this being said, the Packers look like they're actually making an effort towards Aaron. And I, you know, I do have to say before we continue, and I'm sorry for uh, stopping the momentum of this conversation, but I do have to make it clear. That I don't think Aaron Rodgers hasn't. There's this. There's this perception that Aaron Rodgers hasn't had weapons. Aaron's had weapons. Mm-hmm. I do want to make that clear. It's not like the Packers aren't going to give him. He's had Jordy Nelson. He's had Randall Cobb for years and years. He's had Devontae Adams. I mean, there are names that the Packers put around him that are bigger names than what the Patriots did with Tom Brady. So that I see both sides here. Because I get Aaron wants certain players. Like, if he wants the Mercedes Lewis to stick around, then the Packers should do something like mm-hmm. that, and they have. But there's also this narrative that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get tools. Aaron, Aaron's had tools to work with. I do, have to, I do have to put that out there. So I wouldn't say more than Brady, though. Come on. The guy was throwing no. touchdowns at Chris Hogan in Super Bowls. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm saying now. Okay, yeah. Yep, maybe I should clarify. But I, the Patriots with Tom Brady. Patriots didn't put weapons around him. Mm. Buccaneers are doing it. Yeah. And it's working for him. Yeah. Patriots didn't do it. He was throwing he had some passes. Yeah, Julian Edelman. He had some. Wes Welker. Yeah, he had some. He had some. a fair amount. I Gronk. would say not like not to the level that he has now. It's absurd right when now. When I think of weapons though, yeah, right now it's different. Right? I'm not talking about right now. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm comparing it to for right. Brady at least. Like, we don't need to get into it. We're gonna sure. talk about Brady in a half hour, but Yeah, yeah, we are. 
but uh, to to the, much of the pleasure of uh, Will McCormick. Either way, though, Tom Brady in, in New England. The name I always think of with tools is Chris Hogan. I mean, he was throwing touchdown to Chris Hogan, a guy who was what did he do rugby or something overseas, and then he came. The Patriots found him somewhere in the mix. I mean, that's kind of who he was working with. Mm-hmm. So I see that argument more than I see the Aaron Rodgers not having tools. Yeah, they went out and they got a Martellus Bennett. They got him Jimmy Graham, and those are two tight ends that didn't pan out for other reasons. But Packers have put tools around him offensively. Defense could use some work, mm-hmm. of course. But they've they repaid Bach, David Bakhtiari, yep. on the offensive line. Crucial. Crucial, but they've let other names go. I get that. Mm-hmm. But they've put tools around him. They've built a nice offensive line. It's not like they've completely neglected weapons for Aaron Rodgers. So with dispelling that narrative, seeing both sides of it, what should the Packers do this season? Again, six and one, top of the division, where the second place team is three and three, three and four, three and three, four and three, something like that. Whatever you know, the, the whatever the Bears are. With that being said, Tony G says, "Well, Packers should go trade for Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver out of Houston." This makes too much sense to me. I was looking at Tony G does his homework. Tony G was doing his homework last night prepping for this show. And this makes too much sense for a slew of reasons. The Green Bay Packers, let's start with a less serious uh, logical reason for this. Packers have worked with the Texans a lot. Mm -hmm. Got Randall Cobb, got Whitney Merciless. Mm -hmm. They've always been trade partners, Texans and, and Green Bay Packers. It would be a wide receiver on the other side of Devontae. Great locker room presence. Brandon Cooks is known for being a very positive guy in the locker mm-hmm. room. Veteran. Voice and is a, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing in the locker room. A little more serious, a more serious reason as we keep building this argument. Around two and a half million, I saw a figure that said one and a half million. I looked up some articles because Tony G does his homework. Two and a half million for the rest of the season is what it would cost. So between one and a half and two and a half million. That's team friendly. For a Green Bay Packer team, an organization that has a bad cap situation. They have a lot of money to, to pay people come, moving forward, and they are running out of money. Their cap situation next year is looking bad. That's why they can't work out this, this deal with Devontae. Everyone thinks that they don't want to make him the highest paid. and they should. He, Devontae should be the highest paid wide receiver, if not player in football. I get that. But at the same pace, the Green Bay Packers don't have money to do that right mm-hmm. now. So they have to... Figure out a way to open up some cap space. Someone has to take a pay cut and make Devontae the highest played wide receiver, highest paid wide receiver if they want to keep him. With that being said, more reasons. Uh, reports yesterday coming out. Again, Tony G was doing his homework last night on this, and I was worried, Will. I was worried because when I was putting this argument together, I thought, oh my gosh, Brandon Cooks is going to get traded <laughs> before I can mm. make this argument on mm. the Tony G show. I thought this situation is going so bad in Houston right now that – they're going to get rid of him. Brandon Cooks is going to demand a trade, and he's going to be off the team by tomorrow at noon, and we aren't going to get to talk about it on the Tony G Show. And not to mention, the Texans are practically rebuilding at this point. They're yes. not going to compete, which would make them even more accepting or open, at least you know, conceptually, to a right. trade. They're sellers. Yeah. They're not going to compete this year, so they're going to sell their good players that are good now and try to uh, get players who are going to be good in the future. Um, with this being said... The Brandon Cook situation, here's why he's unhappy. Reports coming out yesterday that he's unhappy uh, that the Houston Texans traded Mark Ingram to the Saints, the running back. He tweeted, I, I don't know if this means that he's sad or maybe happy. Uh, you, you be the, ju- the mm-hmm. judge here, bro. And I quote, this is a tweet from Brandon Cooks. 
This is bull bleep. Mm -hmm. Such a joke. Close quote. (laughs) So uh, a little bit of unhappiness. Yeah. uh, Growing. I would take that that he's not happy with that. Yes. Very unhappy with that. A guy who's been traded three times in his career, not happy in Houston. Makes sense for too many reasons. Another point to to bring up is Cobb and and Cooks are basically clones of one another. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Cobb is 5'10", 192 pounds. Cooks is 5'10", 185 pounds. So they're practically the same receiver. Very similar in terms of build. Obviously, Cobb has uh, a couple years on on Cooks. He's three years older. Correct. But when we're looking short-term in terms of this season, having a weapon like Devontae, and then you basically have two Randall Cobbs or two Brandon Cooks, however you want to look at it. Yep. Tanyan, I mean, that only adds depth. You've got Amari Rodgers. blocking. Right. And, and um, yeah, Lazard. Yeah. You're, you're getting Bakhtiari back. Yep. Aaron Jones. Yep. Like, having two Randall Cobbs could be, or two Brandon Cooks, I don't want to show any disrespect. <laughs> sure. But I get what you're saying. That's, that can't go unnoticed to have two, you know, little bit of a quicker, um, quicker receiver like Cobb that can kind of run those under routes. And kind of just find ways to get open. Randall Cobb is versatile too, and I see yes. that in Brandon Cooks. I remember in the Mike McCarthy era, the Packers used Randall Cobb out of the backfield like they would a running back, mm-hmm. handing it off that's, to him in shotgun. That's what I'm alluding to. Exactly, they're both versatile guys, both guys that could be used for that. I don't know, that, and they're both versatile in the sense that they're both they could both be uh, slot wide receivers, they could both be wideouts, they mm-hmm. could both go down the, the side of the field. So they could use them a multitude of different ways. You yeah. just put them on the other side of the field, and now. All of a sudden, the top two cornerbacks are on your top two wide receivers, and now you got MVS and Lazard working down the field or blocking, however you're gonna, you want to use them. And Tanya, not to mention the great uh, tight ends they have there, should have been a, a pro bowler last year but wasn't. Uh, Brandon Cooks this season, 502 yards on 45 catches and a touchdown. Again, a guy who's been traded three times in his career, so probably looking at getting traded again out of Houston. And this is, like I said, this is a move that the Packers should make. I mean, what is it going to take? What is it really going to take to give up, to mm-hmm. get Brandon Cooks? Fifth round, maybe? A fifth round draft pick? Sixth, maybe? Fifth and a sixth? I mean, it's not going to be too costly. And again, the favorable contract between one and a half, two and a half million, very low for the rest of this year. Green Bay Packers can pay that. No, no big deal at all. Mm-hmm. And he with does... their cap situation, they need to find a deal like that, and this is the perfect one. Yeah, and Cooks has this year... And then 2022 remaining on his contract with the Texans, although his salary for 2022 is like they backloaded it and it's, or, you know, put a lot of the money towards the end of his contract and Correct. it's 12 million in his last year, which that's a huge, that's expensive. That's expensive. That's expensive. And, and we're not going to get into the contract side of things, but that'd almost be a scenario where they trade for him this year and then get rid of him. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. I wonder how they would play that because they can't. They can't pay that. Right. They, they, they wouldn't they be able to. flat out cannot if they want to Especially, pay Devontae. And Rodgers. And Rodgers, too. If, he wants you to know, Theoretically, deal. if he stays. Yep. And but, who knows how that situation will pan out, too. But if you do have to work out these contracts of these yeah. two, my goodness, $12.5 million for Brandon Cooks is not going to So let's just keep it short-term as in this season yeah. only. But just something worth mentioning. And maybe they could work out a deal where the Texans pay a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that w- would really work. The whole payment thing where, they, where teams trade for someone and have the other team that's trading them away pay for the contract, that's something I'm not too well-versed on. Mm-hmm. But I do know that it's possible. So it's interesting to see how the Green Bay Packers would trade for him if they, in fact, do. Again, I want to make the argument that they should. If they happen not to, Will, I brought up other names. Tony G does do his homework. 
I have one other name mm-hmm. that I want to bring up. On the trade block out of Denver, and I don't know if Denver's going to be sellers. They're three and four. They should be, but their th- three wins were against like the Jets. Come on. And the Jaguars. So I don't think they're for real. And I think somewhere in the back of their minds, they know that. So they're going to sell at the trade deadline. I think they should. There's still a chance they could make a run somewhere at a playoff. But if, in fact, they do make a, a trade, cornerback Kyle Fuller, Denver Bronco, what do you think about that? Kyle Fuller needs secondary help. The Green Bay Packers do. Jair and Kevin King both injured. Mm-hmm. Getting decent play out of their rookie, but yeah, and Eric Stokes. and Yes, absolutely. Shannon Sullivan's been playing pretty good, too. Had an interception last game. This Yadam guy, I'm not big on him. He's he got he's, a, he's the, a project. The first uh, drive against the Chicago Bears, not against the the first defensive possession series, or, series yeah. against the Chicago Bears, Yadam got uh, exposed on mm-hmm. like three consecutive plays, and the Bears waltzed in the end zone. And I said, "We got to get this guy out of the game. This can't happen." And the Packers did eventually uh, switch some things around, and, and it did work out. But mm-hmm. uh, they need secondary help. This might be another big move. Contract situation may be favorable if they can right. get Denver to take off some of uh, the, the uh, salary that they're going to pay Kyle Fuller, but we'll see what happens. A guy who they inquired about in uh, like three seasons ago, remember the, um, I forget the name of the contract, but the Bears had him, um, yep. Packers could offer a deal, it was up to the Bears to match it, mm-hmm. and they did, yep. so he ended up staying a Chicago Bear, but the Packers did inquire about him in the past, Yeah. so that's not an unrealistic Packers, mention. Here's the thing, when Packers don't make moves like this or when any team doesn't make a move when people speculate that they should people start to grow just naturally this narrative that they don't know they're out there packers know that mm-hmm. kyle fuller is out there on the trade block they know uh, they know that brandon cooks is out there being looked at being talked about they know i mean it's, they're not naive to that uh, general managers have discussions and owners discuss these types of things all the time they know who's out there it's not like Oh, this guy, oh, we missed this, the chance to trade for this guy. Our competitors just traded for him. They know. You know, this, this isn't something they're naive to. And a lot of people think that. I think that started to really occur with the Khalil Mack thing when he was traded from the then Oakland Raiders to uh, the Chicago Bears. And there was speculation that the Packers should do something about that. It was in the summer heading into training camp. And people were talking about the Packers should trade for Khalil Mack. He'd be like a better... Clay Matthews, a Clay Matthews in his prime, maybe times like two, times one and a half. Maybe times two. I think I'm discrediting Khalil Mack a little bit uh, towards the prime of his career. Either either way, I think that really brought on a lot of uh, consensus that maybe the Packers don't know these guys are out there or they're mm-hmm. just neglecting it. Packers know if they can't make something happen, then they don't make something happen. Let me ask you, because obviously this show is preceding Thursday Night Football we're going up against. Another really good team in the Arizona Cardinals. Correct. A lot of, you know, bad situational stuff coming up for the Packers. Just misfortune. Can't really oh, yeah. blame it on anything COVID's else. COVID's hit the COVID. whole locker room. Yep. Um, where do you place them in this game? Obviously, it's going to be tougher without Devontae. And this yes. is kind of a switch. But still, we're talking personnel here. A lot of personnel issues. What What's your outtake on the game? This I can talk about it a little more now. I won't pick it. Because yeah, this is yeah, a right. Tony G's That's picks fine. of the week. But it is worth noting that the Packers aren't that bad without Devontae. 
People, no. every time Devontae gets injured, remember he had turf toe a couple years ago or mm-hmm. the COVID thing happens and they have to miss him for a game or two, everyone freaks out and is like, oh, what's going to happen to the offense? Right. Aaron makes it work without Devontae. Mm-hmm. Devontae helps, no doubt. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Aaron loves having Devontae on the field. But when he's injured, people act like it's the end of the world and the Packers right. do pretty good when Devontae's not on the field. And I think there's that perception, like we mentioned maybe three episodes ago oh, yeah. or whatever it was, we're saying Devontae's getting like 60% of the looks or something or it was a high percentage. But it's like... That's how the play is designed. Yes. He is going to be the first guy in that read. He's going to be the main guy they're looking for. If he gets open, Aaron's going to throw to him. He's not even going to look at anybody else. So let's not discount the fact that LaFleur is a great play call, uh, great play caller. He's going to design plays to be, you know, you're going to look through that progression. It's not going to be just, the plays aren't designed to be, look at Devontae and Devontae only. <laughs> exactly. And if he's not there, it's over. Yep. It gives Aaron uh, options. In yeah. Play. So let's... And obviously, you can't discount Devontae either. He's one of the best. He is the best receiver in the NFL. Yes, hands down. So, I'm glad you asked me this question, too, because it brings up a topic. It reminds me to talk about this. We didn't have time to talk at length today, but we got a little time before we have to move on to the next segment. No J.J. Watt. J.J. Mm. Watt is going to hit season-ending surgery for his shoulder. Really? I didn't hear that. Yep. Just Ooh. happened. Just that's last a, night into today. That's a big deal. That's huge. I wanted to talk about it. At length, but I won't have time to. Um, again, no, no Tuesday show. Thursday will be on to other stuff as well next Thursday. So we won't get to talk to it at length. But that guy has not. Talk about, that guy can't play more than like 10 well, yeah. games a season. And I'll just talk about people that, you know, were huge, like massive speculation the Packers were going to pick him up this yeah. offseason. That's just another guy that they, you know, just to bring to that point. But no kidding. he That's too bad. And I, we talked. Remember, you remember when we talked about this? I believe it was season. Six, just last season, early mm-hmm. last season, when he hit the free agent market and he was speculating where he was going to go. Mm-hmm. People were talking about this or that. And we we had a show. That was our first segment of a show. I remember that. We talked about where J.J. Watt should go, possible outcomes. And one of the things we mentioned was that J.J. Watt cannot play more than 10 games a year. It's not a knock on him. It's no. not like he... You know, it's not I like sh- these are nagging injuries that he can't right. play through. I mean, these are like season-ending injuries yeah. he has year after year after year. He just can't do it. He yeah. just can't play 16 or 17 games in a season. It just can't yeah. happen. You're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, that's not his. it's not like he's like, you know, hurt his thumb and he's deciding he's not wanting to play. This yeah. is like you physically cannot play anymore. And, and that's too bad because talk about what could have been. One I, of the best yeah. to play. Not just like this season with the Cardinals, but like in his Ever. career, if that guy plays, we're talking about another Lawrence Taylor, or another uh, Reggie um, White. Reggie White. I mean, that guy was so dominant in his prime, mm-hmm. an MVP. I mean, he literally the best defensive player in football for like three straight years, and probably the best we've seen in the last ten. I mean, the guy was just a menace with Houston, and. He just can't play more than ten games. It just Which is too can't bad. Happen. And it, it is too bad. It's, it's a not shame. a knock on him. It's just the human body is not built to to perform like that. And when we talk about this, just to clarify, and of course, all injuries are serious. I can't uh, start this conversation without uh, displaying that first. But it's not like a Kevin King gets injured and like, like you said, sprains his thumb or something like that, and then he's out for like a game or two. Or Zedaria mm-hmm. Smith, where he comes off the field at least once a game right like jj watt is a hard-nosed dude like yeah he, he is tough he will play through just about anything mm-hmm. but these injuries just perpetuate his career and he can't get past them 
And it's such a shame because that guy is really, really had one of the higher trajectories of a football player ever. Yeah. And when you look at the trajectory of his career, to talk about this, he hasn't played 16 games in a season. Well, he did it in 2020. He did it in 2018. But in 2016, 17, 19, and now 21. 16, three games. 17, five games. 19, eight games. 2021, seven games. Yeah, that's rough. I mean... So 16 games in 2020 and 2018. Okay, maybe that works against our argument a little. Uh, a little a bit, but there. not... But, but the point there is... is Wait, he's the, still... It, this the, whole a full season, it's not going to happen. Yeah, anymore. the encompassing theme is that consistency in in play is. Oh yeah. You you know you look at Preston Smith. I think he's missing. Is he missing Thursday? This or today? Is he yeah, missing? I think so. And it's his like first in like 163 straight games or something yeah. ridiculous. Yep. So, and obviously that's rare for a player to to not miss that many, or to, to play that many in a row. But to bring this back to Green Bay, that's a huge development for the run game. A that's five. Probably going to be a heavy run. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, with the wide receivers, too. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of touches today. Five-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, 2012 AP Defensive Player of the Year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable that the unfortunate situation this guy has had to deal with. Yeah. Just terrible. Well, maybe now he's got time to come on as a interview guest. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yep. Yep. I could see that. I'll reach out to him. Yeah. Say, how you doing, man? Good friend. Yeah, sure. Wisconsin native. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see about that. We do wish him the best. Uh, I mean, again, just a unfavorable situation, but we will move on in the Tony G show. A, little, uh, a lighter subject coming up in segment number two. Tom Brady last Sunday against the Chicago Bears threw his 600th career touchdown pass to Mike Evans in a 38-3 win versus the Chicago Bears. When Mike Evans caught this football... He gave it to a fan in the stands. Typical football. Didn't mm-hmm. think nothing of it. Right. And he didn't realize that it was the 600th career touchdown pass of Tom Brady until he got to the sideline. It was like, oh, I gave that ball away. I can't believe I did that. Byron Kennedy, the fan in the stands who got this ball, was, I don't want to say confronted because that makes it seem like there was conflict here and there was an argument. That, that wasn't the case at all. A team rep came over to the stands and was on the field talking to him as he was Again, like front two rows. Mm-hmm. He got the ball probably front row. Team rep was talking to him and was asking him, can I get that ball back? That's the 600th. And Byron Kennedy didn't even think of it and gave it back. But should he have? Reports came out afterwards that that football was valued at around $500,000. How do you value that? I don't know. I've had that conversation a couple times since we heard that. But I have no idea how you value that. But it's $500,000. Right. All right. Here's what happens. He got a lot in return. Tom Brady heard about this story and certainly made things work out for Byron. He gave Byron, the fan, two signed Brady jerseys, which are completely the value on those two jerseys, especially with the career he's going to have once he gets elected to the Hall of Fame. I mean, when you look at the trajectory of merchandise... Two signed Brady jerseys, that's huge. A helmet, a, a, a Buccaneer helmet. Mike Evans signed jersey. Mike Evans game-worn cleats from that game against the Bears. $1,000 of credit at the team store. And Brady gave him a Bitcoin as well, which is valued at around $62,000. So, <laughs> when, Yeah, when I first read the list of things that he received, to me I was like, 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a decent. Song. That's a lot. But when you, because that discussion of what is that ball worth, to me that's almost invaluable. Like, how do you place five hundred k on that? How could you not say that you you could post that on eBay for three million and somebody would pay for it? Because I think somebody would. I'm sure there's a reason why it's listed at five hundred, but I could certainly see it selling for way above that. Oh sure, yeah. Other question for you, Tony. Yes, sir. Who was in charge of being like, hey, this is a 600th touchdown. Don't toss this one up into the stands, please. I don't. I have no idea. I don't because know how that all works. I know for Aaron's, there's literally footage of their team of Devontae being like, this is his 400th. You do not give that one away. Yeah, and he got on his knees and gave it to him. Yeah. Like he was praising him, and it was a great scene. I think that was the Titans game that that happened. So who's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Who's in trouble here? I don't know, but they're fired. <laughs> <laughs> or they owe Tom Brady a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't think that they the offense really talked about that. Because knowing Tom Brady and the competitor he is, he wasn't like, oh, this is uh, my personal achievement. Let's try to win this game. You know, And if you get in the end yeah. zone, let's get in the end zone, and then we'll worry about, I don't know about things that. like that. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about it like it's fact, but who knows? I have no idea. It's not like it was a stressful game for them. No. Not even close. Landslide of a game. Do you think it was an even swap, though? Not really. I mean, like, if you were in Byron's position. Here's what I think. I know from my knowledge of baseball, I've watched baseball for pretty much my entire life, and I know from just watching and and listening to games that when a fan catches a milestone home run ball, say it's someone's like 500th or 600th, and the player really wants it or the team really wants that as a memento for that moment, the, the, the fan is entitled to keep that baseball until he is happy Enough to work out a deal. The fan is entitled to that baseball. That is now his possession. He is a fan. Once he catches that baseball, that is his property. The team cannot, cannot take that ball uh, away from him without proper reparations until the fan agrees. I know that for a fact in baseball. So there usually is a big deal. And I always thought to myself, if I was ever in that position where I caught a big home run ball, like a milestone, I would at least, at bare minimum, get a signed jersey. Other merchandise, team credit at the store. Yeah. Or I know, and then I thought to myself, well, in this moment, if I was at this Bucks game, Will, and you'll like this one, if I'm at this Bucks game and I'm confronted, I get this football and I'm confronted, hey, we need that football back that's Tom Brady's 600th. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm doing? Hmm. I'm saying, you are going to get me this, this, and this. And you know what these yeah. things are? You're going to get me a Tom Brady signed jersey, mm-hmm. a frame for it, because I don't want to pay for a $200 yeah, right? frame to so you're going to give me a, a framed, signed Tom Brady jersey. Mm-hmm. You are going to pay off my college. Oh. That'd be a yeah. huge one. That'd be that huge. That would be a huge one. Yeah. And if if anything, you know, this is behind the scenes of negotiating. I wouldn't say this in the moment. But if anything, if they just paid off my college, take the damn football. I don't even need it. <laughs> just pay off my college. It's just a just a ball. You got yeah. two of them in here. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Football's all over the place in Tony G Studios. Also... If we're, if we're counting the team credit, which is $1,000, yeah. in the 62, so we're just in the 62000 in Bitcoin, 63, we're just 000. purely talking like the physical money that yeah. you know was exchanged, not yep. including the jerseys, because that has probably significant monetary value. That is 0.13% of Brady's contract. <laughs> I understand that like you shouldn't be getting a lot of money, but come on. like uh, That seems like chump change to Brady. That's, that's just his Buccaneers contract. I think the only thing that's coming from Brady money-wise is the Bitcoin. Okay, but... The so, rest of the team is paying. So, 62000 of his $50 million contract with the Buccaneers <laughs> is 0.12%. So. At the end of the day, well, you pay off my college, I'm happy. 
pay off all my college loans, my student loans. You take the damn football. I'll give you the shirt off my back too. Take I think that. at that point, give that you, to Brady. At you, that point, you'll you. get your masters. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> pay for my second round of school. Yeah. Well, if I go through a second round of school, I'll lose my mind. So let's not talk about that. But I'm done after this. Regardless, pay off my college. Get me some credit at the team store. Give me a thousand dollars so I can go spend. You know, get some nice. At I that, think at that Buccaneer gear. You throw in like a. Depending on who the player is, too, you go like, you know what? I want a yearly lifetime like lunch with Brady. Wow. If you're a huge Brady, how hard would that be for him to do sure. that? You know? Yeah. I, I wonder if that's you know, something that's workable. Cool. Get me... College hmm, tuition. Now, now I'm thinking. Now you got me going. You know? College tuition's one. That's a no doubt. Then you build a friendship with him. <laughs> <laughs> Give me his Snapchat. Then we're, then we're talking. Want so personal email? You definitely get the college paid off. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get, I would definitely get a signed Brady jersey framed. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those things would look great right on the wall. Sell it immediately. No, sure. And then, then what? You like, give me like Tom Brady's car? Like, No. Okay. I think. Ta- it, Tony Romo joked on the broadcast and said, an, an evening, uh, like a date with Giselle, his wife. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was weird. I, it was so cringy when he said it. I was like, and no one talked about it on Twitter. Like, what is he talking about? I was the only one <laughs> that caught it. I'm like, what? I think, honestly, I think the biggest thing that, not the biggest, but I would be like, I want to have a yearly lunch with this guy. Sure. How hard? That's like an hour. Yeah. Commitment. A year. I would, in this case, the college, the jersey, get him on the Tony G Show. Yeah, that'd be you cool get him on a, as a guest on the Tony G Show, get yeah. my podcast really off the ground thing is you need a contract with you then you got to be like he's got to sign this right now <laughs> yeah go bring it to him on the side otherwise yeah anyways so what what's our opinions on tom brady before we move on will god i know you haven't been a big tom brady guy mm-hmm. listen oh i, I mean he's great Eighty-one thousand yards mm-hmm. just over eighty-one thousand four hundred seventy-nine, most ever 602 touchdowns most ever seven super bowls i mean and he's winning again it's undeniable, Will, that he is the best ever. Mind you, he's 44 years old. Don't know if you mentioned that yet. My gosh, he's just getting older. I mean, it, that's unbelievable. I mean, I remember when I was little and dad about this age, puffing mm-hmm. and puffing when we would wrestle or play football or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And this guy is 44 doing it at the highest stage of his career, at the highest stage you can do it for a football player. He is, I got to say, the greatest game manager football player. <laughs> football player, yeah. He's the greatest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, like, he's the greatest. You just system. can't help no, it. No. Like everything good you say about Tom Brady is just backhanded. I. It's well, like a backhanded compliment. No, it's not. It is hundred percent. He is the greatest at throwing. You know, <laughs> checkdowns. He's absurd. Yeah. It's just. He's. I gotta say, it's when you look at quarterbacks with the talent of Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, they're equally as exciting to watch. Okay. Okay, I could, I, I take that. It's a little less backhanded. That was like 100% sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could tell. I, listen, he makes great. He makes good oh, he's throws good. all the time. No, I'm not saying he's bad, and he's great. I mean, seven Super Bowls is literally unmatched. It you is. can't, you can't deny that. Doesn't but you also happen. cannot deny that it's a team sport. You can't deny that. But also at the same pace, come on. I mean, 81,000 yards, Will. 81,479. I don't know if you saw this, um, because we're not much video game people, us. Sure. But I think it was Battlefield. One of the new, maybe it was Call of Duty, one of the new first-person shooters had, like, a scene 
where like they were going through the city and like on the big screen it was like 2042 and it was tom brady's face and he had like a huge beard and it was mvp (laughs) probably i forget i don't know which game it was but i saw it on twitter because it was kind of funny we'll have to find that yeah go go look for it if you're interested i'm not looking for it yeah will's done with you at will is 5312 on twitter at tony g nation on twitter had a good show so far. Yeah. What do you say we wind down with some spooky picks of the week? Spooky picks. I'm Tony G's it. spooky picks of week eight. You want to talk about spooky, Will? Mm-hmm. I had a dream last night Ooh. about Tony G's picks. I swear to God, I saw the notebook. You've been really in my thinking dreams. about it. <laughs> it's it's got to be really. It's kind of like mind. it's kind of like when people say you're gonna dream, you know you study Spanish so much you start dreaming about it. Yeah. You speak Spanish in your dream. You've been thinking about Tony G's picks of the week so much. Yep. You're starting to dream about it. And here's the other thing I I, I remember learning about this in oh what the heck was it? It was a class that I took in college. Mm-hmm. Just a, I think it was freshman year. And we were watching something, or maybe it was psychology. Probably definitely psychology. Definitely. Either way, I remember hearing about this. We learned that if you think about something when you go to bed, Mm -hmm. say it's something you want to get better at, and you dream about it, you will eventually start to get better at it. Mm -hmm. That's a true fact. Yeah. Like I think the example that I remember, I remember seeing it in my head. It was so many years ago, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was skiing. It was something where if... Someone thought about skiing and then they dreamed about skiing. They were actually better at skiing as they woke up the next morning and got better at it. So that's a fact. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a sign that things are on the climb, Will. Ooh, I like that. Remember, last Sunday night, Colts 49ers. Mm-hmm. I said Colts will win 30-16. to 16. They got the win 30-18. to 18. And then I won Monday Night Football and I am on a roll. You are. I've won three of my last three. Let's three go 5-0 and and here. That's the goal. I can't believe that I dreamed about it, and I was like four and all, and the Monday night game was blank for some reason. They didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't know why. Either way, seventeen and twenty coming into this week. Thursday night football: Packers six and one at Cardinals seven and zero. Cardinals are the six point favorites. There's no Devontae. There's no Lazard. There's no Joe Barry. Everyone is going to be all COVID. This is going to be a, a not a true mark of a good game between these two teams, especially JJ Watts injured now. Here's the thing that I want to mention, though. Packers are 0-4 versus undefeated teams week 8 or later in the Aaron Rodgers era. And they have an interesting history with the Cardinals, mostly on the losing side of things with them. Correct. Correct. And the Cardinals have allowed 14 points or fewer in three straight games. Mm. But with this blow of J.J. Watt... And you think about Aaron with no Devontae. Aaron is 6-0 with a 125.1 passer rating without Devontae. This is interesting. There's a lot of conflicting factoids. The hardest choice I've ever had to make is picking this game. I picked the rest of these games, and then I went back to Thursday because I couldn't. But I said, you know what? Packers with the last second field goal. I could just see it. 24-23. Yep. I see That's this, my pick. I disagree with you. I think, it, I think they're going to lose it. But I think it's going to be one of those games like they're a good team, they're just weren't all there. Yeah, that's at least my two cents. But continuing, it's not something. If if they do lose, it's not something that there's going to be panic mode. It's like oh, you can't win them all. Right. But I see a last second field goal. I'll give it to them, Packers. I'll I'll, I'll hang my hat on the Packers train. 
Sunday noon game. Another tough one. Titans five and two at Colts three and four. You wouldn't say, oh wow, three and four. That's a tough one. But Colts are on a roll. Carson Wentz is playing great football lately. Here's how I really see this game. This is going to be Derrick Henry versus Jonathan Taylor. Okay, this is it. This is a running back game. I think it's going to be. It's going to come down to the running backs. Who's going to have the better game? Here's what makes. Here's what really rides my pick here. Titans are a point and a half favorite. I think the Colts with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has zero touchdowns in his two career games versus the Titans. That's the only team that he's played that he doesn't have a running touchdown against. The Titans, Derrick Henry. He is the fourth player ever, just off to an incredible season. Fourth player ever with 850 plus rushing yards and ton, over 10 rushing touchdowns in his first seven games of the season. The first three players to do it, Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson, Terrell Davis, all Hall of Famers. Not to mention that Derrick Henry has thrown for a touchdown pass this season yeah. as well. He's having an incredible year. My early pick for an MVP, we should make that case some point soon, who's going to be the early MVP at the halfway point. I'm going to go Titans 30-24. First pick in fantasy every year, Derrick Henry. Oh yeah, literally. Yep. I don't. I do not care where I am. He he performs every week. And here's the thing. Not only does he get the the ball like every play, he plays 16, 17 games a year. The guy just does not get injured, and I don't knock on Formica that he yeah. doesn't you know go get injured because he Ruined is something to watch. Season. He's like in another caliber, but like he plays every game. I mean, he's just durable. A battering ram. Again, Titans 30-24. Sunday afternoon, Buccaneers 6-1 at Saints 4-2. This one's an interesting pick. Buccaneers favored. Five points. Interesting stat I found out. Saints seem to be the Buccaneers kryptonite. They had Tampa Bay's number in the regular season. I don't know what it is, but the Saints just do good against Tampa Bay. Jameis versus his former team. That's going to play a role. He's going to have a big game. TB12, Tom Brady... 0-2 with two touchdowns, five interceptions, and a 58.8 passer rating in the two games he's played against the Saints as a Buccaneer. I think Saints are going to get this game. They're going to pull off the upset at home, 38-17. Whoa. Yep. That's a spooky pick. Spooky. Sunday night, Cowboys 5-1, Vikings 3-3. Three three. Vikings are at home. That may play a role. But you also have to think that Dak is 4-1 versus Kirk. Mike McCarthy is four. Excuse me, 10-4 after a bye week. Hmm. Cowboys, 24-21. Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football, Giants 2-5 at Chiefs 3-4. Chiefs are 10-point favorites. Wow, that is the highest spread that I have ever picked for Tony G's pick. 10 points. Pick going to be Chiefs, 28 points. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to win by 10. Maybe they will. Wouldn't surprise me if they do. Giants aren't good, but the Chiefs are not good either. So I give it to them, 28-25, Chiefs. Those are my picks. Spooky picks of Week 8. Packers, Titans, Saints, Cowboys, Chiefs. Take what do you bank. What do you think? Are we going to get a scoregami this week? Yeah. You think so? I do think so. Spooky week. Mm -hmm. Let's get a full moon somewhere. Let's, Let's get a couple get a of them. Scoregami being the weird scores, right? That have like it's, never yeah, before. unique scores. Will is going to ride his uh, witch broom out of here. Yep. Out of Tony G Studios. I'm going to do the thing where I... Stir the vat of mm -hmm. creepy stuff. You got it going in your room. There's actually fog coming out underneath the door <laughs> yeah, right now. Exactly. Yeah. And we are going to see you next Thursday. Have a happy Halloween. Have a happy Halloween. Will safe, eat all my candy. A safe so. one. Safe one too. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. That'll do it. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. Spooky edition of the Tony G Show. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to The Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 